welcome to the PureMed Podcast special series, Behind Diagnoses Patients. My name is Leah Sarapure, and I am your host. Behind Diagnoses Patients aims to uplift patient voices, to share their insight and experiences navigating the healthcare system. It welcomes everyone from patient advocates, the chronically ill, the disabled, and those with rare diseases to offer suggestions for a more equitable world. On this episode, I'm pleased and delighted to welcome CJ Walker, a wife and mom of three, living with type 2 diabetes ever since 2019. She is a fervent advocate for chronic illness and diabetes and is the author of the Genetic Diabetic Blog. She serves as a moderator and contributor to the Type2Diabetes.com community. She's also an ambassador and influencer for the American Diabetes Association, Blue Circle Voices Network, Chronic Disease Condition, and Healthline Diabetic App Community. CJ is also an active member in Diabetes Sisters, the Virginia Diabetes Council, Beyond Type 2, and the Mighty Communities. CJ believes that by sharing her journey, she hopes to inspire others and educate them about diabetes so they can get tested for their A1C levels and insulin levels, as well as find out if they are genetically predisposed to it. If one person could benefit from her story, CJ believes and knows that her journey was worth it. Today, CJ, we are here for you for you to tell your story in a way that communicates the good and the bad of our healthcare system, your concerns and suggestions for a more equitable world. So I'd like for you to take it away and tell us about yourself, your story, and what inspired you to become a powerful patient advocate. Right. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is CJ Walker, and I am from Richmond, Virginia. I am a wife and a mom of three. I'm 40 years old. And about two years ago, 2019, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, um, doing a follow-up of another condition, and that had me floored. But in actuality, I was not, I shouldn't be surprised because we have a family history of diabetes. My my dad is diabetic. My grandmothers were diabetic on both sides of the family. So chances of us offspring being diagnosed with diabetes was pretty high. And then in addition, I also had gestational diabetes with two out of three pregnancies. So I guess sometimes you just can't run away from it. But I was diagnosed back in 2019, and it still was a shock to me. Um, I'm a busy mom and wife. I run um, a couple of businesses here in my area, and I had to learn how to set boundaries and just change my entire lifestyle, and that was hard. So after I was diagnosed, I was able to tap into a diabetes support group that um, assist with diet and exercise. And I was able to um, glean from that very quickly 
And I still use those same methods today. And as a result, my blood sugar levels are in normal range. So I'm very thankful for that. But while I was going through the journey of um, being diagnosed with diabetes, you find that you have a tendency to be isolated. Um, I felt very isolated because it was something that was not really talked about among people. And then of course, when you are making drastic changes to your diet, it's, it's harder for you to do the simple things like going out with your friends or eating out with your family and knowing that you have to stick to those changes because you want to be able to do better and get better. So for me, that was a challenge. And as a result, I had started a blog just addressing those issues. But um, also at the time I was diagnosed with diabetes, I found out that my oldest sister was also diagnosed actually the week before I was. So we were able to follow up with each other and give each other support um, whenever we could. But unfortunately back in uh, 2020, actually tomorrow will be a year exactly that she passed away unexpectedly. And that pretty much shook, shook my world. So um, I had stopped writing and kind of been in a depressive state for like almost six months until um, this year. I just started writing again. Um, I had a lot of feelings that I wanted to bring out especially with diabetes and with COVID and everything else. And then all of a sudden I started um, receiving opportunities from um, an organization called the Diabetes Sisters of um, being a part of their panel. And I, on that day, I was just actually just writing and the lady um, read it and she was like, well, you know, this this is excellent. So I think that was the motivation that I needed to really start doing what I felt like I was led to do, which to help others with diabetes. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So I still um, write on my blog and I also am involved with several organizations. Um, one of those is type2diabetes.com, which um, services the United States and Canada. I serve as a contributor and a moderator for their community. I'm also involved with um, Healthline as an ambassador there, and also with the Chronic Disease Advocacy, um, which is the Chronic Disease Coalition. And we represent um, all with chronic illnesses and the issues that involves them as far as like with school education and making sure that we have equal rights. And then also I'm part of the Blue Circle Voices of the International Diabetes Federation. And now I am also an ambassador for Diabetes, which is a fairly new um, organization. So I really just want to help people on their journeys. That's always been um, what I felt led to do and just really blessed to be able to just help so many, so many people.
That's that's amazing, CJ, to see how your experience has inspired you to be involved at a more larger level than just uh, your surroundings and in your community. And I think we need we need more of you. Um, but I wanted to ask you, CJ, how how did you learn about your diagnosis, and did this eventually change your life, or was it more of something you saw coming? So I think for me, it's kind of like more like I didn't see that coming because of the lifestyle that I was living at that time. I knew that being diagnosed with gestational diabetes, there was a 50-50 chance of that. But I thought that maybe, you know, with diet, that I was able to change that. But I found out, I found out now that it's really just more than that. So it's more of it just, you know, what you eat, is sometimes exercise is sometimes stress and sometimes it's just, you know, it, it, you don't have to have any pre-existing conditions, you know, to, in order to be diagnosed with diabetes. So what led me to the diagnosis in the first place was that I actually started um, getting these hives, these rashes all of a sudden came out of nowhere and I was dealing with it for several months until I found that my iron levels were low. So I started taking iron pills and I felt myself getting a little more energy. I started feeling better. So when I returned to my doctor for the follow-up, yeah, the levels were definitely normal, but he also saw that my blood sugar levels were was at a 300. So that was a total shock. My A1C was actually at a 10.8. So it, it was definitely unexpected. And I was still following, you know, the, the diet that I was doing for years, but I had to, I had to pretty much modify it. And it was more strict than it was a few years ago. That's a, that is something, CJ. I, I really, I really am honored and, and just humbled to hear this, uh, how you've been navigating this, because it's, it's never easy. Um, but I wanted to ask you more moving on to your perspective in the healthcare environment, that what matters to you when interacting with health professionals or undergoing invasive examinations? Just for them to, to listen to us and you know, doctors, they're, they're humans, you know, and I believe that, you know, yeah, there's times, but they may not get everything right, but just being transparent and letting us know that, you know, you don't know everything, but you're still willing to listen to us and be able to work together with us and finding what is going on with our bodies? You know, why am I feeling this way? I have been seeing that um, since I've started advocacy that, you know, we just want to be heard. And if we know if we're in pain, you know, we, we want you to at least take a look at us and see what can be done. And if you don't know, then help us find someone who, do, who does or just be willing to 
to do the research and do the work. So I think that's one thing that I've definitely seen um, so far um, in my advocacy efforts. That's that's great to see that. And I think we've had a lot of patients that have also similarly stated that they would like providers to just listen. But CJ, personally, in your experiences, have you ever felt that you were dismissed and discriminated against or that there has been this lack of humanism in medicine? You know what? I have actually not experienced that. Um, I feel fortunate that that has been the case. But I know that with many of my close friends and even with my family members, that has not been the case. And especially with, um, with my parent and the way that my parent has to fight in order to get the medication and the care that they need. So I've, I've been able to see that um, not directly with me, but directly in, in my parent. And so the next question I have for you, CJ, is how can patients ensure that they receive better health care wherever they are and that they feel heard, respected, and understood? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I um, wrote a piece, and it was about um, insurance companies and the fact that you want, you know, when you want to switch doctors, but for what, whichever reason, the insurers do not deny it. And really it's just dependent on the type of insurance that you have. But the point that I want to make is that at the end, I, I encourage you know, to learn about their patient's rights. So I would say definitely read what your rights are as a patient. And if you know that you're being discriminated against, you're not getting the care that you need, you need to relay that back to your med medical professional. And then if that doesn't work, then you just go up the chain, see a patient's advocate, a hospital advocate and just just keep going because you deserve that care and we don't deserve mediocre care. Definitely. And CJ, in your experience, seeing members of your family having diabetes as well, have what do you think about family being an advocate for their loved ones? Absolutely. It takes a lot of work. Um, and I know like with me, for example, I have a child who is on the autistic spectrum. So in addition to caring for my needs, I have to make sure that my son's needs are also met with my parent, that their needs are met as well. So it, it, it takes a lot, but you know, you love your family, you're willing to do whatever you need to do for your family. So it's just without question, if, you know, if they need someone to fight for them, then you best believe will <laughs> be the first one to fight for you. Absolutely. And so my next question that I have for you, and although this is a loaded question, CJ, there's so many things that are wrong with our healthcare system, with our world, with the way that we are as human beings. In your opinion, what, what can be done to improve the healthcare system? 
Ooh, yeah, that is loaded. <laughs> well, the first, just make it affordable first. <laughs> make the healthcare affordable. I spoke with um, a person about a week or two ago and it broke my heart because I felt so helpless. This person was not able to get the medicine that he needed because insurance cut him off of it. Um, you find that there's a stigma in the diabetes community, even based off the type of diabetes that you have. There's a stigma where type two diabetes is almost perceived as, oh, well, this is because you're lazy and you ate too much and this, this and that. But if you happen to look at me right now, I'm about 112 pounds. I'm not overweight. Um, I'm fairly healthy other than the fact that I have diabetes and, you know, and anemia issues, but just getting rid of that stigma and then also just being able to afford medical, um, medical needs and medicine. I think that's the, that's the first place we need to start. So I guess it's probably kind of like with two different things, but those are the things that I believe that should be recognize i definitely agree with everything you've said there it's uh it's extremely important but the last question that i have for you cj is that if there is anything or anyone wanting to share a story and too afraid what would you say to them i say say you know just tell your story anyway for for me <laughs> I'm, I'm typically not the person who wants to share a lot of things. I'm usually like a very reserved, um, I'm quiet. Those who know me, I'm just really reserved. So I'm probably one of the least likely to, to share any type of story. But when you're passionate about something, you're going to want to share it. And even if you're rejected or nobody doesn't want to hear you talk about it anyway, because somebody is listening, you never know who is listening to, to you and your story. So I say, share it, don't be afraid, just do it. And there's ways to do it. You don't have to use your audible voice. You can use your written voice. You know, any way that you're able to release that, then do it. Don't be afraid because somebody is listening and somebody will be saved by your message. I like how you mentioned the aspect of being open and actually saying what you want to say. You, you don't know or you can't measure the impact of how far your story will go or who it will touch or who it will reach. And I feel that is the power of um, taking up the courage to be open for speaking out. And I thank you so much, CJ, for even coming on to the PMN podcast, because as somebody that is not that comfortable with being that open or sharing your side of the story or your experiences navigating the healthcare system, it takes a lot of bravery to be able to do that. And so with with that, CJ, thank you so much for coming on to the PMED podcast for the Behind Diagnosis Patient Special Series. Um, with this series, we hope that it sheds light on the importance of listening to patient voices such as yourself, and that over time, it will increase patient safety, health innovation, and transform care delivery in the clinic and beyond.
So I just want to thank you so much for your views, your insights, and for sharing your perspective. Thank you so much for having me. You take care. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Hashtag Rising Youth, the Government of Canada, Canada Service Corps, and Taking It Global for supporting and funding the project. I'd also like to thank the incredible individuals, voices, and patients who appear on the series and whose stories will guide medical education, clinical practice, and healthcare innovation. Listen in and listen now to the Behind Diagnoses Patient Special Series on the PureMed Podcast to ensure change for a better world. Catch us on the next episode in conversation with another incredible patient advocate. And if you need more information, do not hesitate to email us at puremedfoundation at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy.